Oh, good morning. Good morning. That was really special. Thank you to everybody that, that participated in, in that. I want to welcome you to church again, and we're doing something different. It's not just me, and we're all seated here, because last week we, we cast the new vision that God's laid on our hearts. We were trying to frame the vision of where we see the Lord leading us in 2020 and then for the next five years. And so we provided that information to you last week. If you weren't here, uh, there are copies of the, uh, the vision statement out in the lobby. And there's also a basket there with a sign saying, Got Questions. And we would love to hear your questions. So after uh, what we're going to do right now, if you have questions or ideas or insights, please fill out a three-by-five card. Put that in uh, the basket. And so we can hear from you. We can hear collectively what God is saying to us. So what we want to do something a little different. Last week, we were framing the vision. This week, our theme is seeing the vision. And instead of just hearing from me, I wanted to bring some of my dear friends, our incredible team, part of our team, of course, staff, uh, for you to hear from them. This is not going to be a panel discussion, right? This isn't awkward at all, is it? You're just sitting in on a typical Tuesday morning staff rap session, right? Lindsay, this is, this is perfectly natural, right? Oh, we're rapping? Yeah. No, we're not rapping. <laughs> Okay, so we don't know what's going to happen. Hey, hey. The, the last service went pretty well. There was almost a riot, but we'll just see uh, what happens. Uh, but we want, what we want to do is get into the, the details and the big questions and, and the big ideas of the vision statement and, uh, and just see where the conversation goes. So let's, let's be serious now. Let's talk, start with, with Rob. We have the video from Asher House. So first question, Rob, um, how long were you rocking that man bun? <laughs> In, in, <laughs> in life, you, you make decisions. You have choices. You make choices, and not all of them are good. <laughs> well, Jesus paid for your sins, past, present, and future. That's so, right. hopefully, and, the, and the bad hairstyles that are coming. The bad okay. hairstyles that are coming. All right. Coming so, all okay. Like, you've been here a year. Which is... I, I have two microphones. <laughs> is there a reason for that? Am I doubly this important? This is exactly what it's like on Tuesday. Exactly what it's like. Um, and Lindsay reminded me, uh, and all of us at the last time we chatted, that in the interview you mentioned India. I don't remember that that had come up, but that was something that was on your heart. But tell everybody, just share with a little bit what it was that confirmed for you and Jess to move here in the first place and how that ties in with, with what's coming with this vision. Well, it was really threefold. The, the missions that were going on at NVC were already so well established and this is such a church of giving as you probably notice even from the video not just giving abroad but giving uh, domestically too and in a, a giving of yourselves to one another and it was all, all already such a wonderful worship ministry happening here and I got to stay with uh, the beans with Josh and Emmy so I thought basically I'd be living with them but that's not how it's gone so <laughs> but yeah mostly it was the the missions and all of our hearts during my interview process about this time last year, a little earlier, um, we connected on that and, and India and not just wanting to. My, my wife and I are both pastor's kids. Yeah, collective grown. And uh, so we were kind of against over-evangelizing the hymnals and the, the, the already saved, you know, and we do that week in and, and week out, we felt like growing up, but really giving the gospel away to those who hadn't heard it was important. It's, it's very important for discipleship to keep doing what we're doing, right? The Bible says, do not give up on doing what is good, mm, what is right. right. Be faithful in that. But it also says, go into all the world. Preach the gospel. If you look at the, the chapter of Acts, they don't sit there for the next 
you know, 190 years doing nothing. They got the word and they went. Mm-hmm. They, they, their faith was established. They went. Mm-hmm. They said, I know what, the, what, what you're saying is true. We believe. Let's go tell somebody about it. And uh, that's, I think, where our attitude lined up with Maple Valley Churches and uh, along with many other things, yeah. and getting to hang out with you <laughs> was all right. <laughs> well, part of, you know, trying, trying to discern our, our unique vision, what God uniquely has for us, is to see the connections between leadership, unique experiences or resources or, or, or uh, talents or what have you. And so if there's a connection point, there's something there. If there's more than one, there's something really there. If it, if it keeps going, and so Lindsay, kind of asking you, when you heard about India, what was it that, how did you react to that? Um, I, I kind of freaked out in my head a little bit <laughs> because uh, I, I personally had felt a burden for India um, when I was in college. And I had gone to India that summer because I had been in at Northwest and um, was just praying and felt the call to go to India and, and went that summer. And um, it was because I was in India um, that a pastor kind of, it was like a, I, this has rarely happened in my life, but it was kind of a prophetic moment with this pastor where he told me um, not to, basically not to pursue nursing and to go home and, um, and that God would tell me what to do um, with my life. And then when you I told home. me, he said, go home. And he said, you're going to come back someday. Mm-hmm. Yeah back to India. And so it was like, I just really like, because I, I obeyed God and went to India, um, just really fell in love with that country. And, um, and just, I don't, I don't know how to explain it, but just really, um, saw how, how amazing that, that place really is and how beautiful those people really are. And, and just what God is doing there, um, is really, um, something you can't really explain without seeing. Um, so Mark, how, how does this yeah. work with the mission sure, piece? Sure. Well, I actually just to emphasize what Lindsay said. You know, Lindsay, the thing about it is they came to our house for a meal uh, when they were first kind of checking the church out, and Jessica started, Jesse started talking about India mission and a mission pastor. I thought, yeah, it's more than just music and worship. These guys are involved in missions, and that was really powerful. I think generally, you know, our missions is global, and mm-hmm. it's neat to do a somewhat more of an adventure and check this mission out, see where God leads us. But right here in the congregation today, I just looked out here and I saw Elia. So we're, you guys don't even know this, except I told you first service. We're going to support Elia monthly as she heads off to Japan, one of our own from this church. Yeah, thanks for coming, Elia. And so we support missions globally. I mean, we got missionaries in North Africa, Tunisia, Morocco, Iraq. And you name it, we got Corner of Love in Nicaragua, and yes. we've taken many trips there. And Carol and I have gone about 12 to 14 times to Nicaragua and now Costa Rica. And it goes on and on and on. You can be involved in these trips. Africa, we've gone there. So our missions is global, and India is just another piece that God might be directing us to, it seems, at this it, point. And we've, yeah. we've talked about this um, with Mission Council that... You know, not every single thing is in the vision statement. We didn't put every possible ministry that we do. We didn't put Stephen Ministries not listed. That's critically important. Or, or decommit. But it's all those things. These are the things we wanted to focus on. And with this exploratory trip to India, maybe next, next year, yes, um, I, I see it possibly as the tide rising all ships. Like that emphasis will then increase our overall support of all of our uh, missionaries. And Mark, I have a standing date with you to go Corner of Love. I would love for that to be my first 
opportunity to go because uh, we've had such a long-standing um, support and connection to Corner of Love. But okay, David, so come in, get in on this conversation, this casual conversation. <laughs> um, so we're talking about missions, and we're talking about these pieces, and Lindsay has this heart, not just for herself, but for students, we'll talk about students. How does this connect them with also the vision of a family and with the preschool? Yeah, one of the incredible, is this working very well? I've got two more. You, you want one? <laughs> there you go. Choose your own mic adventure. This is great. <laughs> um, you know, we have this incredible preschool here at the church, long, rich history of investing in, in young children. And one of the really incredible things is that we've been able to open up new classes this year. There's, there's kind of a dream for before and after school care, um, maybe adding kindergarten at some point. And so there's this, this really strong foundation that's been laid. But the fact that we have this opportunity potentially to have a sister school or schools in Mumbai, India, is really, really special. The thought of our kids here at Maple Valley Christian Preschool being able to learn about what's taking place in Mumbai, to have interactions and relationships there, to be able to understand that the God that they're learning about here in Maple Valley is the same God that they're learning about in Mumbai, India, is truly breathtaking. That's, that's a one-of-a-kind sort of opportunity. There, understand the big world around them. Yeah, we're not talking yeah. about a high school or a college. We're talking about a preschool having the opportunity to connect with kids all the way around the world, to learn about the gospel, um, and to develop this real, I really believe, a heart for other people and other cultures, other places, that just raises the bar that much higher for our school. And, and the work that Kareen and Amber and our preschool teachers are doing is already phenomenal. So to have that opportunity, it's, it's, it's truly, truly special. I'm going to here for the first time, Ray Lindsay. What if someday one of those students from Asher House came and, and was a summer intern here? That would be amazing. Would that be amazing? That would be amazing, yeah. So I'm rocking my new sweatshirt for, for Rise. You want to tell everybody what Rise is? And Yeah, it's yeah. our new youth ministry name. Woo! Yeah! So Rise. Very biblical name, of word, of, 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 in connotation, but what does it stand for? It stands for relational, intentional, servant-minded, and encouraging. Rise. Rise. <laughs> and then I see you've got two the two arrows. Mm -hmm. The first one is... Pointing students to Christ, mm -hmm. right? Lift, rising their attention to the Lord. Mm -hmm. And then the second one? It's uh, leaders uh, pointing students to Christ. So. And, and uh, you were saying in the first service that this is one of the things that you're most excited about. Yeah. Jazz by why? why? What's... I know it's weird, right? Like, why well, would no, I be? Just, <laughs> I thought it wasn't weird once you explained it. Yeah, so. <laughs> it was really weird when I first heard it. I thought. I thought it was weird. One thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> No, but you're passionate about what? Why is that? Um, so, I mean, it's kind of like the way that I think about it is like that Bible verse or the story of the father um, asking for a miracle from God of like, I believe, help me with my unbelief. Mm -hmm. um, because I think that it's, it's like a stake in the ground, just knowing that um, or asking God to do something big in our youth ministry. Like, I, I believe that this is... Um, a youth ministry of students that and leaders that are relational, that are intentional, um, that are servant-minded and encouraging. Um, but I also know that that's not something that we um, are doing on our own, that that's mm. not something that these students and leaders are um, able to do without God, that we are dependent on God, that we're soaking this youth ministry in prayer, asking God to continue, um, like, being... Uh, 
in and through these students and in and through these leaders um, continue this having these leader or these leaders and students be relational and I love that intentional love that. right now I know we had 628 the middle schoolers were here now Joe's teaching a new series foundations they're talking about the Trinity yeah. that's not uh, you know your everyday kind of easy topic but then our high schoolers are, are here right high schoolers and then you always go off after the message to have a little time with them mm -hmm. and then you've just share a little bit about how you've combined the worship times on Wednesday and the teaching times how how that happened uh they're i mean they're just so uh they're so good at leading like our students our high school students and our high school uh they're just so good at like teaching and leading and um just being combined and united right guys <laughs> instead yeah. of a separated thing bringing everyone together for parts of it and then uh -huh. other parts uh, yeah, Separated. and and the the middle school students too. Like they're so good at um, creating the example for even uh, the older generation too. So I just love having them together and seeing what happens when they're all brought together. And uh, the worship just is totally different when they're all together versus separate. So, I just well, love so it. Lindsay, I yeah. want to tell you something. Yeah, just personally, on. I did first service, but I noticed you're almost crying when you talked about Rise. <laughs> but I will cry about this testimony. So my our granddaughter Raya, 12, came here new to our community a couple of weeks ago to Summit, and she's just looking for where to land, and she's been in your youth group three or four times, and she loves it. So I don't know what RISE means, now I know, but that's the <laughs> important thing is that you're doing for the young people, and that's a real personal deal. That's Thank beautiful. That's awesome. And when you, came, when you came on, we talked about youth worship on Wednesday nights, and you said, well, I'm gonna work myself out of a job. And, and now, it's incredible, the students that that are coming, and even this morning, and their ears are burning right now because I'm praising them, but this is incredible. Rob, I haven't seen this type of experience. Usually, you know, church will have, oh, Youth Sunday, or maybe there's one student who does one thing, but you've integrated our students. It's pretty exciting what, what's happened in just one year. They were all here, and now you threw a little cayenne pepper on it. That's right. <laughs> that's what that's what we bring from Texas. That is that it? That's what we bring. Right? A little, little spice. The barbecue sauce. <laughs> yeah. Who all was here when the youth led the service? Remember when the youth led service? Wasn't that amazing? Yeah. So it's pretty awesome to have a, a forward focused ministry um, that wants to pass the baton well, not just us four, no more. You know. I heard the gospel in 1985, and that's all I'm going to do with it. But <laughs> Um, having the, the, a youth ministry and, and the Hadleys and the Gabbies and the Nicks and Lindsay and Joe, you know, willing to take over a service, but also a staff and pastor who's loony enough to let them have a service. Um, For sure. The, the combination of those two things, plus a little cayenne pepper, and, and then you have the magic. All right. I, I want to talk about local mission. I want to talk about discipleship. Let's, can we start with him? Because you've just been sitting there. Come on, David. You're one of the most specific things in here, reaching 180 people with the gospel and creating 12 new small groups. Not a, a small order you got there. No, that's, that's what you call a BHAG, a big, hairy, audacious goal. And it's a BHAG because that is a lot of people. It's a lot of that people. That is a lot of people. But small groups are foundational to what we do. I mean, we all know that small, small groups are a huge part of how we do ministry. And the vast majority of people in our congregation are in small groups, from children to youth to adults. We have a very high percentage of, of people in small groups. And we do that because we really believe that it's important for people to be known and to know others. 
especially today, I mean, you look out here, and I joked at the beginning of the service about the Seahawks, there have been Sundays in the past, if you've been here for a while, where attendance was low on a, on a Seahawks Sunday. But we have so many new people coming in. People are excited about where we're going and what we're doing. They want to be a part of all. You want to be a part of all of this. And so it's exciting. But there's also this really incredible um, challenge, if you will, in that we need to create space for people to get plugged into groups. And so we're creating new groups. My wife Monica and I are stepping out of our small group to launch a brand new group for elementary age families. Um, and in doing so, we're creating space in Matt and Allison Byers' small group for those who have kids that are you know, infants up to preschool. Ron and Ruth Halverson are starting a brand new group for empty nesters. And then we have other groups that have space available, but we really believe that in these groups, people experience and can do life together. Pastor Mark and Pastor Frank have done just incredible pastoral care for so many years. But oftentimes, it's the small group that provides that first touch of, of pastoral care. They're investing in the lives of the people that are in their groups. They're there on call. They're bringing meals. They're visiting people in the hospital. They're celebrating when people get jobs or have babies. And as we're jumping into this Revelation uh, study, our small groups provide this incredible context where people can go deeper with Scripture. You know, we talked several weeks ago about the first church in Acts 2, and they came together for this time of, of teaching and of fellowship and breaking bread and prayer. And really, that's at the heart of what our small groups do. They do these things, and they do them very, very well. I know that sometimes people are on the fence about jumping into small groups. It's, it's a little uneasy and unnerving at times. Do I really want to make that sort of commitment? Do I want to share what's going on in my life? I don't necessarily know you know, that much about this. And so if somebody asks me a question in my small group, am I going to feel like I'm put on the spot? Sure. Um, but I can tell you this, in every small group that I've been a part of here, people have been so welcoming and so warm. People have not been put on the spot, I don't think, where they've made, been made to feel uncomfortable because they didn't know as much as someone else, but they've been welcomed. And, um, you know, I, I just, I guess I can say that if you're on the fence about a small group, even on those weeks when maybe you don't want to go, and this speaks for personal experience, there have been plenty of weeks where Maybe I haven't wanted to go. By the end of the night, I'm so glad that I was there. Yeah. It's so encouraging. And so for people that are considering groups, now's the time to get into one because we're a church that is large enough that if you don't find an environment where you can connect and really be known and know others, it's really easy to slip through the cracks and just slide out the back door. And we don't want that to happen. We really want this to be a family. There's been a real theme that we've talked about a lot here. We've in Our core staff meetings about the desire for community, but how do you... How do you bridge that? How do you make that happen? You get home after a long day, open the garage in door, go in, close the door. But people want it, but how do we connect with it? And Mark, you're, how long has your home group been? Yeah, I think it split about eight years ago to two. And then I think Rick and Sally are over here. They're one of our leaders, and we'll be at their house on Monday. Yeah. I've known Rick for 30 years. So it's been a great home group, right? real support for Carol and I. I want to talk about, um, out of that also, uh, the marriage initiative that we have that's listed here. But before I do, I, I think it's really important to state, you know, when a, a lot of churches, our, our church, every church, inherently, or it's unspoken, okay, we are family, a family church, that means, what's unspoken is that means a mom and dad and 2.3 kids, and well, what if I'm a single person? What if I'm divorced or a widower? Or how do I connect? And maybe this isn't, there's not room for me. Uh, and we want to make sure, no, right? We want to say, no, the doors are open to all of us, that we are better together as a whole church family made up of people of a whole diverse background and life experience and ethnicity and, and all those things are family. But God calls us 
no matter what our background, our history, what we've done or what's happened, if we're dating, whatever it is, to call each other brother and sister in Christ. I think that's really, really important. It's hard to, to get that off the page, but I wanted to you know, mention that as a lead into marriage enrichment, which is pretty critical. And so I thought maybe, I mean, Mark, you're the licensed therapist, and, and I know Lindsay has a real passion for what's coming up in October. Yeah, I am a licensed mental health counselor, if you didn't know that, moving that direction. Yeah. And like I said, first service, Carol and I still go to counseling occasionally for our marriage, and hope, and we need to do it, all of us do, yeah. I think, at times, for relationships. It's like changing the oil, you know? <laughs> and so, uh, but in our church, we need it also. There was times when we had marriage enrichment and things going on, and that's coming back. And I don't know all of that, but I'm going to turn it over to I, Lindsay knows something about that, and the marriage ministry is coming down the road soon. Yeah. With the beans over there. Yeah, Shout October out. 19th. Yeah. And it's gonna, just tell everybody what's, the, what's coming. We're going to party. We're going to party. You know what? I've been to marriage events, and they can be so awkward especially if you, you force people to come and they have to sit around a, a table and like, okay, now we're going to start sharing. Well, what if you're actually kind of having a hard time communicating with your spouse? It's like the last thing I want to do. So I love what the Beans are going to do on this October 19th event. We're going to have everyone sit, sitting as a pair in couples, little tables. Maybe I'd love to see, I don't know, what do you think? 50 couples come. That'd be awesome. And there's going to be free child care is going to be part of it. Mm -hmm. And, um, just a kind of a, a shot in the arm, help with marriage, like to be really honest about the needs that we have in our community where, you know, the last, the last to find out that someone's hurting is probably a small group leader or a pastor. And by then all those bricks have been built up and people have dug in. But if we could break things up and, and talk, I mean, you and Chris have just celebrated five years. Five years. Yeah. Cheryl and I have celebrated 25 years. Praise <laughs> God. Yeah. Hey. And, uh, and Mark knows the power of, of counseling, and so do we in our, our life. It's such a critical thing, um, because you, you were talking about this earlier, about how important a healthy marriage is for students. Right, yeah. I mean, I think that's, uh, that's just an enhancement of children's and youth ministry is a marriage ministry. Like, there's nothing you can do uh, for, it's just so healthy for, for the, I, there's no other way I can say it really. It's like, there's, there's nothing you can do to better um, your, there's nothing better you can do to better your children's uh, mm. lives is than um, powerful... to go on a date really, you know. And if I can jump in, that really ties in with what's going on in children's ministry, right? With this orange philosophy, the church and families coming together. And it's not, I don't think it's just the church coming alongside parents to invest in their kids, but I think it's also the church coming alongside parents to invest in parents and their relationships. I think that's one of the beautiful things about the, the From Broken to Blended Compass Point class oh, that right, we're offering. Yeah. So we're offering this class for families that are blended that maybe have um, lost a spouse or, or gone through divorce. And so how do we as a church come alongside these blended families to help equip and encourage them so that they can flourish? And you know, there are all kinds of different dynamics that come into play in that sort of family situation. Yeah. And so how do we as the church come alongside, support them, walk with them so that they can Absolutely. have this really robust, healthy um, family life and experience together. It's so critically important. So important. I'm thinking about the, the vision, you know, as we've come to this, and hopefully everyone can kind of look at it and kind of analyze it. These aren't new things. This isn't some out of the blue. Where where did this idea come from? The wording, the lettering, the even the sentence structures have come from the documents and the guiding principles that we've had as a church. So 
how does how God do something new with something that feels like it's been around for a while? Does that make sense? How, how does that happen, Rob? How's it going to happen, Rob? That it feels new and fresh as new people are coming who haven't seen this, and yet these are things that we've been talking about long before you and I showed up. This is all derivative of the gospel, and the gospel is something that is new and fresh every time we hear it. It, mm. it, it seems like, you know, if you go to, if you went to a service 100 years ago, they'd be teaching the same thing, right? For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, but the gift of God is eternal life. You know, believe in your heart, confess in your mouth. Same thing 100 years later. And this is, these are the same needs that were 100 years ago that oh. they had in... Oh, does that mean I have to stop talking? No, you, you can wrap up what you're saying. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but that's how it's new and fresh by the Spirit of God. These are all, we're all basing this, like you said, there's nothing, there's no strange, like, let's put chandeliers in here and let's do all this crazy stuff or whatever. Uh, it's, it's basically the continuation of the ministry of the gospel, and that's where the life will come from it. That's right. Yeah. yeah it's I'm it's just the gonna... unchanging message of the gospel. <laughs> Yes, yeah, just jump more. on that a little yeah. bit because we mentioned it before. But yeah, yeah. just that driver is old, right? It's Jesus' last words before he left the earth. Almost like, mm -hmm. you know, the last words in our life is going to be really important. So in Matthew 24, 14, he said, Go preach the gospel to all the nations so that they can all know Christ, and then the end will come. So that's a powerful driver for Asher House and all the missions and home groups. And it's just old, but it's new, right? It's recoming back around again. But it's such a driver, I think, for our... Our goals in the future is what Jesus told us before he left the earth. And, How beautiful. Yeah. So I want to draw our attention, uh, and this isn't a sermon, right? It definitely starts to groan because it's usually lunchtime when I say that. <laughs> it is lunchtime. But no, Jeremiah 29, and a very familiar passage we have, or I know the plans I have for you, but, but the context of that passage is so important. Before Jeremiah speaks those, you know, those words of prophecy, the Israelites are in, in Babylon. They're in exile. And the Lord's going to say, you're going to be there for a while, a long while. And what I love in that passage, if you read that passage, he tells them, uh, get your kids married, continue in the faith, continue to trust in me, be a distinct people who honor me. Don't give in to the idols of this community. You are distinct people called out. I've called you to follow me, right? And then he also says, and pray for the city and bless the city, and engage the city. So not be a holy huddle, but engage. And I think, Mark, all the work you're doing with Shadow Lake and Cedar River and the investment we have, we want those schools to love Maple Valley Church. I want the principals to say, what? we have such great partners across the street. And how wonderful it is that our kids who come from different faith backgrounds or no faith background, they're welcome to come to, the, to Kid Reach and be tutored. They're, we're welcome to be there in the case of emergency or, or resourcing. I mean, that's just the beginning of it, and then all the other things that go out from Maple Valley uh, and the region and King County. It's just a, it's just a beautiful yeah, thing. Yeah, just to emphasize that, like we have meals for the teachers twice a year just to show appreciation to them and hang out. And then we have a kid reach for the kids that need some help come over here. It's done that for a decade, more, more than that. And then we're thinking about outreach coming out of there for kid reach for the new elementary school behind us, Cedar, Absolutely. Cedar River. So there's some really cool stuff. We're looking at four, the compartment buildings up at four corners. There's 300 units and 1,000 people. We had literature and stuff to them, inviting them. You know, A-boards, you know, those A-boards you see around town. It's funny. I thought, well, they're any good. And then we're getting these little notes that says, hey, I came because I saw an A-board. So that's good. All and these Mark, things I, for outreach. I love yeah, you, yeah. and I love that you're <laughs> running through the finish line. You know, you're, we're going to celebrate 
your legacy, your years of ministry here. Um, <laughs> like, I know I have coffee. that effect on you there. No, <laughs> I do no, that all the time. Gonna, like you're not <laughs> slowing down at all to, to, to speed through what's happening. Yeah. We're, we're getting ready for Revelation uh, series. We're only going to spend about 31 or 32 weeks in Revelation, David, just so you know. It's like, you know, we'll take a break at Christmas time and Easter, but this is, uh, this is taking a lot of prep time. Revelation's no joke. But it's powerful. It's powerful. So I want to just end by reading from our little our journal, uh, and we'll pray that this is just absolutely perfect. Revelation four. That scene. John's given a vision of heaven and the heavenly hosts and the twenty-four elders casting down their crowns before uh, before the Lord. And what's that? Casting crowns. Casting crowns. Yeah. Let's, yeah. There you go. And it says, uh, uh, and we'll just end with this: Worthy are you our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things, and by your will they existed and were created. So, Lord, we thank you. Father, we thank you for the privilege and opportunity to serve uh, in this way. Lord Jesus, we want to lift your name up. We want your fame to spread throughout this whole region. Holy Spirit, guide us. We pray that this vision is, is in line with all you have for us. Keep us in step with you, Lord. We know, God, we're still in the wet cement phase. Things can change. Things can, can be uh, improved uh, by the insights, the questions, the ideas, the comments from our covenant partners. So, Lord, we, we lay this before you. We ask yes. you to bless it. Our conversation that continues to next Sunday, our congregational meeting on the 29th, and all these things, God, we give you praise. And we pray this all in Jesus' name. All God's children said, Amen. Amen. Hey, hey, Amen. wait a minute, guys. Yeah. There's, there's one more thing. One more thing. I, I said miscellaneous, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like it's a real outreach thing. But, you know, I was going to tell this church that we really need ushers and greeters. And they're point people. In we should, we should have like an opportunity for a special announcement about yeah, the, I think the desperate need Absolutely. for ushers and greeters. And I'll, be, I'll be in the church that If day, we had more ushers Absolutely. and greeters right now. Yeah, because there's new people coming. Amen. Right, Amen. Right. <laughs>